Welcome to Fantasy Focus Football. It is Wednesday, November 23rd. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. Daniel Field and Stefania here bringing you what is going to be a Friday show on a Wednesday mm. because we're going to take the next two days off Thursday and Friday to celebrate Thanksgiving. So we're going to cram a ton of stuff into this show today. But first and most importantly, it is our show before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I want to give you guys a chance to be able to talk at least about one thing that you are thankful for here this year, understanding that, you know, other than me, don't you don't need to both say me, just like one of you. <laughs> Stefania, you want to go first? I'm thankful for you. Okay, <laughs> Stefania, I appreciate it. See? Um, I'm thankful. Oh, no, I, I don't know which way to go with this because I, I could have... get really like sappy and sentimental or I could be, you know. Let's like have just fun. thankful for my 49ers. Okay, see that's a, that one. <laughs> yeah. That one works. I was, I was gonna say Justin Fields comes to mind yeah. immediately. Yeah. Austin Eckler certainly at the top of the list. We have so much going yes. to the Niners. Yeah, totally. I can make it all uh, about the Niners. Yeah, so much yeah. to be thankful for. Yeah. A lot of gratitude these days, and in a world in which there are some challenges for everybody every single day, it's nice to have a nest that you can sort of rely upon, and that nest is not just our family here. On the fantasy focus, but fortunate to have a family, you know, our own families as well, that provide us so much love and support. And I, I will say, Daniel, you said that we're off the next two days because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Is it accurate that we are off for the next two days because of Thanksgiving? Or are you planning some sort of parade in Detroit on Friday in the event that the Lions win on Thursday against Four the Bills? Four straight wins if we beat the Bills. I mean, right. come on. Come on. Yeah, because I think we do have a show earmarked. If the Lions do not win, we might do a show. But we if they might. win, you might go Frank the Take through downtown Detroit. Shutting it down. That's what exactly what's going to happen. And yeah. that's what I would be thankful for. Like, in all honesty, the Detroit Lions have been tough, right? But Hard Knocks was awesome. Dan Campbell is dope. This team has so much youth and being able to build towards the future with Amon Ross and Brown. The Bills can be beaten. Just, just follow the, you know. The, the roadmap the Vikings laid out. You guys got this. On Thanksgiving Day, I know it's not typical for you guys to have a win on Thanksgiving Day, but it's a time for new traditions. That's right, Let's Stefania. Get it started. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Lions come out inspired. I, 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 I'm picking the bill. Sorry, Daniel. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions come out inspired to begin the game. I could see a solid opening drive from Detroit. I, w- I would sacrifice my pick of the best. Like, I would celebrate with you if the Lions win this. Would, It'd be huge. It would be huge. It would be a huge game. If you, In case you did not listen, we did a preview of all of the Thanksgiving Day games and yes. a couple other games yesterday in the Tuesday podcast. So go back and check those out if you're wondering where those are at. We are going to preview the Sunday games here. Let's game jump right in. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. First one is Bronco Broncos. Buccaneers <laughs> at the Browns. It was one of the other B teams. Sorry, guys. Bees, bees, bees. Lineup blocks for this game include Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Nick Chubb, and Amari Cooper. But are you starting the guy that's throwing to either of these two pass catchers, Field Yates, and Tom Brady? I have him at quarterback 12, give or take, this week. But I'm not sure that I feel the confidence in him that I want to to yet start him this week. A lot of moving factors, just to reiterate this, and I think you suggested as such, Daniel, but just we don't have any idea on the injury reports here. So there are players that might not be available that could influence some of our discussions today. As of right now, we're using the information that we have. Also, no bye weeks this week, right? None. This no Thanksgiving bye week is a, yeah. No bye weeks at all. We have two next week, I'm, uh, and then we have six the following week. So a big, big bye week. Full slate. In Everyone's week available. 14. But everyone's available in week 12. Tom Brady is outside my top 10 for this week, and a lot of it is because while Tom Brady isn't putting up plenty of passing yards and plenty of passing attempts, 
He has not been good in the passing touchdowns department. And when you are a quarterback that has zero rushing upside whatsoever, you have to throw touchdown passes to make good on your fantasy starts. And the Browns, you know, it's weird. Like they don't strike me as this defense that should inspire a ton of fear in opposing quarterbacks. And yet in two of the past three games that they've played against really good quarterbacks, they actually have. They neutralized Josh Allen last week. He had 12.6 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Back in week eight, they neutralized Joe Burrow to the tune of 13.5 fantasy points. They've had bye weeks and lesser quarterbacks in between. Tua got them for 23.4 points in week 10. But Tom Brady, I think the matchup, for whatever reason, the Browns have just been a bit more resilient. Maybe it's because teams are running the football more effectively against Cleveland. I don't have a perfect answer, but Tom Brady outside my top 10 on the fringe because you would think he has all of his pass catchers available. He was showing a bit of signs of life prior to the bye week, but given how the season has gone so far, Brady outside my top 10. Let's talk about the running backs here because this Big is something here. that's really interesting. Well, and you know, Leonard Fournette left the game in Munich with a hip pointer mm-hmm. and the expectation was that he would be back after the bye week. But again, because it's Wednesday, we don't have a practice report yet. So we don't even know if he's going to be available to practice. So that's something you're going to want to follow to see if Leonard Fournette is indeed going to be able to play in this game. He did not get the start when they were in Munich. It was actually Rashad White who got the start. They split time. It's very interesting because Leonard Fournette, the start of the season, when he was doing so much work, so much volume, said, I can't be the guy to do that. Then a few weeks ago, he gets disappointed because he's not getting yeah. enough where, you know, you be careful what you wish <laughs> for. Kind of thing, right, right. Yeah. right? Uh, so, yeah, and it, it makes things really complicated. So let's yep. assume Leonard Fournette plays. I have Fournette ranked as RB25, way lower than where he was Normally. both coming into the yeah. season and recently, and then Rashad White all the way up to RB32. So if they're splitting duties, the problem is one of them or both of them has to find the end zone. But this is one of those games. So those are where I haven't ranked. Like Fournette probably still going to be close to making most lineups because he has been really good in the passing game as well. But this is one of those observational things. At the beginning of the year, I say this often, like, while I am not like changing my decision on these players, I am keeping an eye out on how things shake out yep. for these players. We don't often say that in week 12 of the NFL season, but let's keep a close eye on this one because if Rashad White grabs even more of the work and he ran really effectively during their last game in Munich and he does pass the eye test, he gives them an explosive element. And last check, they are not the one of the worst. They are the worst rushing offense of the NFL by far. 70.1 yards per game. The Rams are six yards better than them. And the Rams are an absolute shell of themselves this year. So they may be saying Rashad White is giving us more. Let's keep a close eye on this one. I have Fournette ranked slightly ahead of Rashad White. But if you drafted really well or you've picked up players off the waiver wire like a Kenneth Walker the third, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is no longer a lineup block based off of the Rashad White emergence and the fact that Leonard Fournette has been banged up. I did not yet have the emotional fortitude to put Rashad White ahead of Leonard Fournette. But depending <laughs> on how this week works out, it feels like you're saying we're going to keep watching this because it's something definitely to monitor this backfield. Totally. All right. Next game is Bengals at Titans. Lineup blocks for this game include... Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Yeah. Higgins, and Derrick Henry. But Stefania, we got a couple of injuries we got to talk ones. about for yeah, the Bengals. I, I, I would be um, concerned about Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, quite frankly. Joe Mixon had a concussion, left last week's game. On average, missed time due to concussion is at nine days in the NFL in the last year. So uh, I would say don't count on him for sure, but there's a possibility. So practice reports need to pay attention. Jamar Chase. Obviously, his missed time with the hip injury. Zach Taylor did say that Jamar Chase would be back practicing this week, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he automatically plays. So, again, you're going to want to pay attention to the practice reports, and I'll be posting what I see about it, but not a lock to have either one of them. 
And so, there, there were some comments from the Bengals that when Jamar Chase comes back, they want to kind of ease him back mm-hmm. in as well. I think the the tricky part here for fantasy is that if you have Jamar Chase on your roster and he plays, you kind of have to play him. Yeah, uh, That will be my mentality. If he plays, I will be playing him. Uh, and Joe Mixon, if he sits, I think Samaj P. Ryan is a reasonable facsimile of Joe Mixon. What does it become? Like a, a low-end RB2? Yeah, 15-ish. I mean, I have Joe Mixon ranked as running back 12, so... Yeah. Samaj Piran will be not that far behind. Chris Evans, a backup Bernie Mac, has also been dealing with injury throughout the season. So Samaj should be a very busy guy. He's an awesome pass catcher. He showed it last week. He had those two receiving touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown. He's kind of always just been there when the Bengals have needed him. He's usually been pretty solid in the spot duty spot. So I have a lot of confidence here in Samaj Piran. And, you know, one of the top waiver wire ads, I'm sure he was amongst the most added players on waivers last night. And, if he's out, if Joe Mixon is out for multiple games, you can feel pretty good about Samaj P. Ryan here. That's not to diminish the skill set of Joe Mixon, but as far as backup running backs go, Samaj P. Ryan is kind of like Alexander Madison in the sense that fully capable to be a rock solid starter if called upon. And it sounds like on Sunday he could be called upon. Field Derrick Henry is the obvious guy that you're starting in this Titans offense. Are, is there any pass catcher? We watched we watched Traylon Burks last week. What was a really nice game for the rookie, yeah. but. I don't have either him or Robert Woods inside my top 45, basically, of wide receivers. I just I can't imagine starting a wide receiver from the Titans right now. Yeah, so I think uh, Traylon Burks absolutely should be added and stashed on benches right Definitely. now. And yes. I think that he was probably added a bunch last night after his breakout game, same ca- seven catches for 111 yards. And sort of a chicken and egg thing here with the Titans is the reason why they don't throw the ball that much because they don't have the pieces around Ryan Tannehill to throw it. Or is it because they don't need to throw the football that much? And I think the answer, based off of the multiple years of evidence we have, is that they don't throw the ball because they don't really need to throw the ball that much. So if they get into a track mate against Cincinnati on Sunday, then I'm sure Traylon Burks will be a busier guy than you'd expect him to be. But I have him as wide receiver 44 because while you'd love to see eight targets like he got last week, it seems like four to five might be a better bet because the Titans find a way. If they can hold the Chiefs to 17 points in regulation, my guess is they can hold pretty much anybody to a lower point total average than they normally post on a Sunday. So not there yet with Traylon Burks in my starting lineup, but hope people added him because he certainly checks a lot of the boxes of being a really good player for a long time. He is rostered in 32% of leagues right now, so available in almost 70% okay. of I still go grab leagues. him. I mean, I think that and this is a time of the year where because three quarters of the league has already had its buy, yep. you might be one of those people that has just one or two key players left to go on to your buy, and you can use that back end of your bench a little bit more creatively than you could when you still had half the league or even all the league going into its buy eventually. All right, let's talk next game. Texans at Dolphins. This one lineup blocks include Damian Pierce, Tua Tungavailoa, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddle. Stefania, one name that I did not mention there was Brandon Cooks. I feel like we haven't yeah. been talking about Brandon Cooks for a while. Would you, if you were rostering Brandon Cooks, <laughs> Would you be starting him this week? I'd do anything I could not to. That's, I think, the right answer. That's where I'm at with Brandon Cooks as well. I, I, I'm having a hard time imagining what the yeah. argument for starting Brandon Cooks is. The, for real. the best argument would be that, you know, I do think this one could get ugly early. I think Miami coming off of their bye, a well-oiled machine offensively, could completely overman this Texans defense. Yep which is the strength of their roster, by the way, but still it's a work in progress defensively in Houston. So 
your best bet is that things get really, really, really ugly early and they have to throw the ball a ton. Time. Yeah. That probably comes at the cost of Damian Pierce's rushing production, though. So you may not want that for fantasy purposes. I do not have Brandon Cooks ranked. It's been a fall far from grace, both in terms of fantasy and frankly for Brandon Cooks' value just in general to the Texans. Yeah. He yep. wanted that trade. A player to watch this offseason, my guess, if I had to make a guess, would be that Brandon Cooks is not with the Texans next season. That's a much more of a February, March, April conversation. Yeah, it sure doesn't feel that way. Well, feel that way. Yeah. But knowing that's how the, this has gone down, like this, I don't want to start him in fantasy because it feels like there's not like a commitment. Like it doesn't feel like he has the same. I mean, they committed to him. They gave him a thirty-five million dollar raise this offseason. I'm not talking about yeah. the Texans. No, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I'm just like I'm just I'm I'm perplexed by Brandon Cook's confusion. If he really wanted out, which is what he wanted, don't sign that. He big could deal, have man. not signed that extension six months ago when he was going to be a pending free agent, and he did, and he changed his mind. And, I uh, think he thought that they were going to be in a better position than they were. And I don't know why, because he plays I was going to say, team. that feels like a miscalculation <laughs> so it, on his part, right? It may be, yeah. but I actually think that was part of the reason. Because that was the vibe down there, you know? when they then Listen, they were talking about they thought they were going to win more games than they did last year. I, I don't think they thought their offense would sputter as badly. I think he thought maybe he'd be a bigger contributor. Just didn't work out. They are who we thought they were, Stefania. That's how I feel about these Texans right now. Yeah, it feels like what we're learning, too, in fantasy is that I remember in the preseason looking into this for running backs about, like, where do the bottom five offenses produce fantasy-relevant players? And it's really hard to find a top 20-ish wide receiver or even a top 30-ish wide receiver on these bottom five offenses right now. You've got guys that come and go, right? Cortland Sutton can have a good week and then a bad week and then another bad week and then a good week. Yep. Jerry Judy, you never know between the injury and then also just the fact that he's been inconsistent this season. But it feels like you can find some running back production, right? You can have a Damian Pierce or a Latavius Murray on just an awful offense, but it's hard to find these consistent pass catchers right now for fantasy on these bottom five offenses. And Houston qualifies as a bottom five scoring offense. Yep, Damian Pierce is the only guy we like there for the Texans. All right. And even by the way, that makes that makes me a, a, a scotch. I'm not sure if that's you. That's, it is. Yeah, scotch. Scotch. Nervous, right? Just because. If, if this game gets out of hand as well and yeah, negative game he, he ends up with 55 rushing yards and no touchdowns, that makes me a little bit nervous. He hasn't yep. been as involved in the passing game of late as we would like him. Not his fault. I don't fault, know I'm why. Saying. Like, just throw it to him. <laughs> like, give him all the points for fantasy. I think the problem Come is on, Levy. they've just got some good insurance options behind him, I think uh, is the problem. Well, field. I'm not sure they're good, but they are insurance options. If they want a good option, they could have called Keiko because hey, Keiko asks, yeah, how would you love you. a chance oh, to save some money out. on great insurance? Of course you would, and when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. RBs or RVs? Did I say RB? No, you said RVs. I was RVs. wondering if running backs also counted. Oh, RB. Okay, got it. My bad. Oop, right over my head. Uh, even with even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy to use mobile app, available twenty four hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's now the go-to, uh, is the go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FFF to place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get a $150 
get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code FFF, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued is free bets. One early win token issued to opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right, let's come back out and talk Bears at Jets. Yeah, big one here. A lot of storylines. A lot of story. There really is a lot of storylines. Justin Fields, David Montgomery, I think, are the two lineup blocks that we have. But Stefania, we need to be able to talk about Justin Fields. It's such a weird way that they're talking about this. So Matt Eberflus said after the game uh, earlier this week that Justin Fields is day to day currently. But on Wednesday, when the injury report comes out, we'll see where he is then. If you were watching the end of that game, Justin Fields was clearly in some pain, reaching up towards his left collarbone shoulder area, had that evaluated. Uh, We know that it's an injury in the shoulder region, but the specifics of the injury are unknown. Uh, Thankfully, it's not his throwing shoulder, but that doesn't automatically mean that you can play nonetheless. So uh, we will see what comes out this week. Pay close attention. I think this injury is more significant than Matt Eberflus is letting on, but it sounds like they were doing further evaluation to come to a decision about whether he could play, should play, et cetera. I got to be honest with you. I didn't think the way the Bears were handling it was confusing. I thought some of the reporting surrounding it subsequently was confusing. Well, they're not helping. Well, yeah, I just think that that, that's Matt Eberflus has been consistent with. He goes with day-to-day. And then the injury report. Yeah, but if there are coaches who are better about saying things like, look, he's getting, you know, we have coaches who will tell us the player's undergoing further evaluation. We'll know more. Instead, he goes, he's day to day, but there's a possibility he could also be out for multiple weeks. And so, I don't know. It's a little gamesmanship. Yeah, there's the Mike Tomlins and the Sean McVay's of the world that are super duper helpful for us. And there are others who are far more coy. Matt Aberflus in that latter group. And obviously, if Justin Fields played, you feel really good about Justin Fields in your lineup because he has just been an absolute destroyer of late. But if he's out, Daniel, it makes me nervous about everybody in this offense. Yep. Because this Jets defense is no joke. I know the Jets offense has been very, 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 very uh, inconsistent of late, but this Jets defense is totally the real deal. And if there's no Justin Fields, it will be Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, I have little confidence that the passing offense will be able to move the football effectively at all that against was, the Jets. A polite and way to if that. I'm the Jets, I'm going to say, all right, fine. If, if, if they don't have Justin Fields, 32, David Montgomery is not beating us. I will be nervous about David Montgomery as well. The upside would not nearly be as high if Trevor Simeon starts in place of Justin Fields. The Jets might Saquon Barkley the Bears, as the Lions <laughs> did, because it, honestly, if there's nobody else in this offense, now. yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody else in this offense. Like you're starting, I realize that no Khalil Herbert, no rushing. Justin Fields, you think, wow, David Montgomery might be a smash play. But if they just put nine guys in there and say, hey, we're going to let Trevor Simeon beat us, that's the way that you're going to win this football game, it feels like. So, 100%. What about the other side of this game? You got the two running backs, Field and both uh, Michael Carter and James Robinson. Both of them are sort of low end RB3, or I guess, yeah, low end RB3s for me. Um, I don't really feel confident or comfortable with either one of them with the way that this Jets offense is playing. Yeah, the preference remains Michael Carter because he's still playing more snaps. He's running more routes. He has more total touches. He has more total fantasy points in the three games. I think we're realizing with James Robinson. Unreal comeback. Unreal. I have the utmost respect for how fast and how miraculous he got back from that torn Achilles. 
Not a lot of juice there, though. It just there just isn't. And three yards per carry in 25 attempts with the New York Jets. He's not the preferred passing game option. We have no idea who's going to be the starting quarterback on Sunday for the Jets. Here's the one thing that gets more interested in Michael Carter is if it is Mike White on Sunday for the Jets, I do have more interest in Michael Carter. And right now there is a conversation about who's going to start for the Jets. Yep. Zach Wilson is not guaranteed to be that starting quarterback. I got a feeling that when the head coach is opening the door to somebody besides a normal starter being under center, it basically means we've made up our mind. We're going to hold off on making an announcement officially for a couple of days, but we realize what the rest of the world realizes as well, which is he's holding us back. And so I think it's Mike White under center on Sunday and Michael Carter becomes a little bit more interesting because for reasons that I don't exactly know, Mike White loves targeting the running backs. He loved it all of last year. Yep. They didn't have Garrett Wilson last year, obviously, but I have a bit more confidence in Michael Carter. If Mike White is the starter, he might be a top 25 ish play as opposed to an RB 30, which is where he is right now. Yeah. What about Garrett Wilson? If we switch to over from Zach Wilson to Mike White, does he, does a whole lot even change from that perspective? I don't know. I think Mike White is, um, I don't know exactly how to describe how Zach Wilson has played so far this season. I mean, obviously inconsistent and obviously poor, right? But like, I think Mike White as a passer seems a bit more fearless than Zach Wilson does. Um, And I'm not saying Mike White is a superior talent, not a superior player. One of the guys was drafted number two overall. One of them was drafted in the fourth round, bounced around the league. But I think Mike White has a bit more fearlessness and I think that that might lead to better days for the passing game on the whole. Mm. I know it sounds crazy. I know Jets fans are perplexed why this is the case right now. Um, but Garrett Wilson's still wide receiver 35 on my board. And I don't know that that one will change that much if the quarterback changes. Because Agreed. if he likes the running backs, does that come at the cost of the wide receivers a little bit? Sure. It's just hard to pl- It's hard to place two bets of faith in the Jets passing attack when they've been how they have been yeah. over the past month or and so. And like you said, one of these quarterbacks was drafted number two overall. One of these quarterbacks is going to start on Sunday. It's not the guy I'm assuming it's Mike overall. White if it's yeah. not Zach Wilson. It might be Joe Flacco. Yeah. We don't hey, know. I'd take Joe Flacco right now in this offense, that, too. Garrett, I'm, I'm Garrett, Garrett Wilson would go way up yes. if Joe Flacco starts. Seriously. Joe Flacco you starts that. Garrett yeah. Wilson in totally my lineup. Agree. Yeah. yeah, totally agree on that. Because yep. he, he they had a connection they earlier this totally year. They totally had a connection. And, Joe has become, you know, listen, Joe, Super Bowl MVP, like the guy's an unbelievable career, like made a ton of money. He's become a little bit of like an internet sort of like <laughs> sensation, sensation too, but right. sometimes like the butt end of the joke on the internet, <clears throat> but he helped this offense look a lot more functional yeah. early on this season. Way more. His own kids make jokes about yeah, it. Yeah, he's a good about sport that. about it. I've come to like the, uh, the uh, senior version of Joe Flacco. Yeah, you know, we're bit. in the internet era. If you can't laugh at yourself. And by the, the way, I, there's yep. definitely a quarterback change after what happened. Is it's not not only about the play of the quarterback, it's about the vibe of the quarterback yeah. with the rest of the team. Right. So I know. I mean, like when they have yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo next year, it's going to oh, be a much different hey, outlook. Hey. <laughs> Let's All just right. win a Super Honestly, Bowl. Honestly, what if Jimmy? You know what? We kick it down that path. Our brains can't process the idea of the 49ers winning the Super Bowl having to make a quarterback decision this offseason. Because Robert Solid does know Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, you know that's the connection there. All right, next game we have here, Ravens at Jaguars. Lineup blocks include Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, but Stefania, what are we going to have in that backfield for the Ravens? Oh, I don't know, Daniel. Every week it's a different guy. And Kenyon Drake has been the one who's been sort of leader of the pack recently. Gus Edwards 
has had a hamstring injury that's bothered him. And then right before we got to this week's game, they had knee added to the list next to that. So that gave us a little, um, it made his status a little less certain going into the game. He was not active as we know. And again, practice reports not out yet for this week. I do think Gus Edwards will come back. I don't know if it's this week though. Yeah. Here's the good news. 16 teams on a, on a playing this week, uh-huh. uh, 16 games being played. So 32 teams playing. I think you can avoid the Ravens running backs yep. entirely because there are enough options. Not that running back is super deep, but I think you can avoid them. And that would be my preference. Even if Gus Edwards is out, as we saw last week, it went to a 50, 50 split. There have been a couple of games this year where Kenyon Drake has been the man. The problem is that you don't have a crystal ball into the Ravens offensive game planning room. And it's hard to figure out when those games are Kenyon Drake being the man to figure out. Lamar Lamar Jackson Jackson doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like himself. It's been seven straight games. He's had one game inside the top 10. I don't feel uh, like he's playing with a consistent crew either, right? So he doesn't know what he has. The running back's been all mixed up. Wide receivers have been banged up. He he lost his guy, Rashad Bateman, who he really had a connection with. And then he's been ill himself. Like, it's just... They feel out of sync to me, totally. and it's really hard to gauge their offense and what they're going to do. 12 touchdowns in the first three games. He went scored. He was unbelievable, was Lamar. It's just been yeah. a total shell of himself fantasy-wise. I think part of it's around him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and no, Mark it's definitely Andrews, not, it's definitely not his own doing, yeah. right? It's it's a lot of it is the pieces around him, as Stefania is saying. He's been saved over the past seven games by his rushing. He's still averaging over 60 rushing yards per game. But just one rushing touchdown. That came last week. So Lamar's like mega super-duper upside. That hat that he was the Justin Fields level of upside before Justin Fields is like Justin Fields is rushing for a ton of yards and touchdowns and and Lamar has just one rushing touchdown in his past seven games. It's been a much different season. I do have him inside my lineup blocks, as Daniel said, um, but I get it out there. If you're sort of like, man, where's Lamar been for me recently? Because he thought at the beginning of the year. I may have drafted the value amongst right. quarterbacks and fans because he wasn't going quarterback one. Right. He was going no. quarterback four or five in drafts. And it's it's just tough, though, with Mark Andrews being basically the only pass catcher that you can consistently count on around Lamar Jackson, because I'm not starting any of these other wide receivers. Yeah. Right. No. Devin Duvernay may have a game here and there. Like you may have some Marcus guys Robinson right. chips in here and there. Yeah. It's just but, the weird yeah. thing is that like even in Lamar's MVP season, 36 passing touchdowns, unanimous MVP. It wasn't like he had Cooper Cup and Mike Evans and, you know, Tyreek Hill around him, right? Like he has thrived in previous years with just a little bit more around him than they've had this year. So it's a tricky one. It's a really I just, tricky one. I, I think it's not even who the talent is. It's the talent week to week because it's the inconsistency yeah. of who is formulating the lineup around him. Anyway, really quickly on the Jaguars, great. anyone else? Evan Ingram is a guy that you've been able to use as a dart throw, a streamer, but field. One of the things, part of why we talked about it with no bye weeks this week, you don't really need those streamers this week. So I think yeah, I, you'd maybe. probably stay away from Evan Ingram if yeah. you need to. Yeah, it depends. I would say that the only way he probably cracks lineups is obviously with Dallas Goddard and Zachers and other tight ends now banged up. Kyle Pitts, who's on IR. Uh, you do have guys that were considered lineup locks, even if by default, necessarily not by preference in the case of Kyle Pitts that are not available. And if you're in a league in which somebody is hoarding multiple tight ends, right? If somebody in your league not only has a Travis Kelsey, but has David Njoku on their bench and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, so I can play Evan Ingram or I can play, you know, like Mo Alley Cox, he would get the nod under those circumstances. But yeah, he's tight in 19 on my 18 on my board this week. So certainly not a guy that needs to be in lineup. 
matchups. All right, let's talk another game here. Chargers at Cardinals. Really interested, Stefania. You're going to be super involved in this. Justin <laughs> Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, James Conner, and DeAndre Hopkins. Will Hopkins. any of them be available? No, uh, I'm, all of them I would be lineup locks if they were healthy. But Stefania, you're not kidding there because there are a lot of question marks here with I both of these teams. Know. So it's yeah. like where to Especially begin. Arizona. Okay. Let's just start with uh, Kyler Murray, who did not play because of a hamstring injury. And we did hear uh, from Jeremy Fowler that it's a possibility that he's out until week 14. Arizona has a bye in week 13. So it's my expectation, too. Yep. Uh, Hollywood Brown, not activated for this game, dealing with the midfoot injury and was saying back in practice, very excited to play. Again, Arizona not very clear on this kind of thing. I know we need to see more practice out of Hollywood Brown before he plays. I'd like to see him do quite a bit this week before I felt comfortable. Of him Still playing. expecting him to be back after the bye. Personally, yeah. we talk about well, practice. You though. know, and 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 that would be smart actually because then they could get him ramped up during practice. So, uh, but expect them to call him day to day because that's what the Cardinals do. Uh, going over to the other side of the ball with the Chargers, Mike Williams. You saw him leave after one catch in the end zone. We talked about that on Sunday. I told you I was nervous about that. Leaves uh, with that high ankle sprain, aggravated. Although Brandon Staley said it was not a significant re-injury, but did acknowledge that he had aggravated it, leaving the door open for him to potentially return. Ah. Guys, if he comes back and is in and out on one play, no, I maybe what you would want to do is give him a little more time. I'm just saying. So we'll see what happens. And then uh, Gerald Everett uh, last week was downgraded on Saturday to questionable because of a groin issue. So you had, finger! Yep. And so you had a late downgrade for him going into last week's game. Ah, my finger. Really hard. <laughs> Sounded <laughs> exactly the same. Really hard to know what the confidence level will be in his availability coming into this week's game. All wow. right. So, by the way, I, I'd hate to add more to Stefania's plate here, but Uh-oh. obviously we know that Ronda Moore is banged up as well for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. And he left in the, the very first play with yep. a groin injury, yeah. and I would be shocked if we saw him. And Greg Dorch is banged up as well. Greg Dorch has a hand injury. So you've got potentially three of four Cardinals wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins being the lone man standing, that could be unavailable <laughs> on had Sunday. had a hamstring issue coming into the game, but right. actually looked yeah. pretty good he and did. came he out did. of that game pretty he well. He came out with his hair on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was in a, I had two <laughs> matchups that were dependent upon DeAndre where I needed him to score a certain amount of points, but also not score a certain amount of other points. Right, I had to thread that needle. That, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the first half, I could not like the the range of they emotions I was him. feeling. I was like, why are they playing off him so much? Yeah. He's just going to keep catching the ball. Yeah, and he, he did. did. And well, then- and I, I was like, oh my God, I am definitely. What's going to happen is I'm going to end up like. It was great that you got the win. I needed like a, a small amount. Like I needed like four points from DeAndre, which you feel really good about, right? But then yeah. it was like I needed to not score 24, <laughs> and then he has 15 and a half them, and I'm. You're like, great. I'm definitely losing the second game. It's time for you to step out. But yeah, so I would just say that assuming or if all three of those guys are out, if all three of them are out, I don't know where the Cardinals turn. Daily fantasy play. And I'm no Mike Clay. I'm no Daniel Dopp. I'm no Al Zeidenfeld. Trey McBride becomes interesting for me me suddenly. Because someone's going to have to play for them at wide receiver, obviously. A.J. Green will play a more prominent role, you would think. Um Candidly, I don't know who else would play a bigger oh, do you role remember, for them. You remember, remember who they traded for? Wait. Robbie Anderson. Oh, Robbie Anderson. Oh, my God. I was oh, my like, God. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> Literally. No, I had not. I had not remember that. Because I know. Such Robbie a Anderson is there, but we yeah. have not seen. He actually played, but you didn't know it because he wasn't targeted. I thought I don't you put believe. me on the spot there and you were like joking. And I was like, like did, uh, you, uh, did you just like open a, chef, like a fake Schefter like, tweet? I'm, you actually, know? Like, I'm actually quite proud of myself right now because yeah. like I have 
Never, I forgot about I Robbie Anderson, too. I never see Field at a loss for words. I just pulled that one out of the hat. Look at yeah. that. It's a tricky. Yeah, yeah Robbie know, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Wow, that might we... be my long shot on Sunday. <laughs> hey, now. I mean, they traded for him I know, for a he reason. Like, any other, anything. Yeah, they, like, it's odd. Like, when you trade for a guy, I get it. Not all trades work out. But, like, you would think if you trade for a guy, you would at least try to involve him. Right. He's been, like, hardly involved. And this would have been the week to start involving him. But maybe maybe now this week yeah, this could is be the week that we see so, Robbie Anderson. Fantasy football now, Sunday morning, big week. And this is to close the circle on the Chargers. I'm so proud of this. I kind of think, <laughs> and right now our projections, our rankings show Mike Williams ranked. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Josh Palmer, the secret sauce, is being the number two wideout for this offense. Not the number one, but the number two. And it might actually be specifically that he is the number two when Keenan Allen is occupying the slot. Josh Palmer looked great on Sunday. Yeah. Great yeah. on Sunday night. And if Mike Williams is out, he jumps into top 30 play territory for me. Does Josh Palmer. So um, the rankings will be reflected, obviously, if and when Mike Williams is ruled out. But for now, Mike uh, tends to err on the conservative side, which I agree with on these injuries before we actually know whether guys are going to practice. Even if we expect Mike Williams to be out for now, he is currently in the projections. All right. Let's talk Raiders at Seahawks. This one should be a lot of fun. Josh yeah. Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Geno Smith, Ken Walker, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. All of those guys are lineup locks. Really, the only person I don't see from the Seahawks is a tight end, and you're not starting a tight end. You're basically starting all your Seahawks here this yeah. week. I like that projection for Kenneth Walker. By oh, that's way. a that's beautiful nice. number. We all yeah. hope yeah. that that sticks. How about that number for Devontae Adams, by the week? Because it's a great matchup. 23 fantasy points here. Uh, it is a very, very, very good matchup. So yeah, this is a pretty chalky game, actually. Foster Moreau, I think, is my only other question here. Were you looking? Would you be looking at him as a tight end without Darren Waller this week? He's like Evan Ingram to me. But I, maybe I'm, even less. I mean, right he in that one same catch line. last they're week, just right? Really not Moreau. using their tight ends. Period. Yeah. Even when Darren Waller was there, they're not. Those guys are the kind of tight ends that are great as a dart throw if you play daily fantasy. But when it comes to season long, it's like you just can't. It doesn't work out that it's same also, way. It's yeah. also I just don't know what's going on. With yeah, same. And I, I, you know, the the oh, question for the Raiders is whether last week serves as a like sort of a springboard for them yeah. going forward. I still don't know that I totally buy it. They beat the Broncos, but like, can we talk about this for a second. Sure, we can. Yeah. What on earth were the Broncos doing at the end of that game this past no week? Well, on the ball on third and ten, Russ is throwing the ball third down so down. A lot of, of things their games <laughs> this year. Actually, yeah, that's a good are point. you talking about this week or are you talking about that's any the other theme week? of their season? Yeah, it is, it is like so what on earth bad. are they doing? But to KJ Hamler in the end zone, like I'm frustrated, <laughs> and I don't. I, I hate to be this guy. I really do, and I'm going to break my own that's rule. That's all right. Here. But I'm frustrated because if they had just run the ball and and eaten up another forty seconds of clock. It increased the odds of that game being over in regulation against the Raiders. Yes. And if that game had been over in regulation, I would have had the first ever perfect week in red zone in the storied oh, history of fantasy wow. football now. Wow, that's where Huge. we're going with that. Because I had Russell Wilson over Derek Carr for passing yards. Week? Yeah. Thanks oh my for gosh. noticing I, the email. Well, no, I, I, I stopped <laughs> reading the email because I'm at the bottom of the rankings. No, it's not so that I was bad. like, it's painful. I'll tell you wow, what. Wow, that's that, impressive. So I had swing. Russell was ahead of Derek Carr, and then in overtime, the big touchdown play gets him over the edge. Here's the swing on that. While Field didn't go 10-0, that Devontae Adams touchdown won Al Zeidenfeld $10,000 in one that. of his draft By the way, shout out to Smizzle, yeah. who posted on Twitter like he was like he was promoting the game and like thanking Devontae Adams in the fine print. I'm like, $10,000. Where's your friend? How about your friend Stefania? But, but Al, let me ask you a question. Who gives you all your injury information. Wow. You guys know How Al per- well. Yeah. $10,000 for Al 
is like dropping the bucket. Yeah, that's walking like, around money was yes. the tweet I believe he posted. Yeah, yes. I know. Like you I know. know. Like Al wins ten thousand bucks like twice a month. I yes. know because like talk you know, to me. He's Al. won the million. Hey, Al's out of done. I know you're out there listening. That's, that's talk to me when you win a million bucks. <laughs> okay. Which you only well, do, you do that, like has. once a year. Right. Yeah. Of course. Al, don't forget your friends who help you. You know you do. Use somebody's injury information. This I know to it's be It's a big fact. swing, ah, though. That, that Devontae Adams play was a huge swing for a lot of people. Ow. Huge for everybody. All right. I would have. Listen, Al, you owe me 10,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's what it is. That's, that, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Uh, let's talk Rams at Chiefs here. This oh, one is going to be a short list. We've got Tyler Higby for the Rams and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. God, what a world we live in. Really? Really? Stefania, let's start with the Chiefs wide receivers only because I want to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster and the injuries that they have there. Okay. Okay. I also... Uh, well, let's start where you want to start, Stefania. Well, I wanted to start with Matthew Stafford. I want yeah. to start with him, too. Because uh, he may not be the quarterback this week. He, If you saw him go into the blue medical tent to be evaluated for a concussion, did not return to the game, and it was sort of unclear what his status was. Remember, it was unclear going into the prior week about him having a concussion, had gone through the protocol, took the steps to be cleared. Uh, a second injury that close together makes me, makes me a little more nervous, and it could very well be the case that we do not have Matthew Stafford this week. So I want people to be prepared for that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is a very uh, it's one to watch very closely. And then Juju Smith-Schuster also coming off a concussion injury uh, missed last week. Let's see what happens going into this. Week. I mean, impossible. And by the way, we do know that Kadarius Tony has a hamstring injury. Yep. No information whatsoever, but. No, but left early, missed the rest of the game. And again, this is a reminder of all the people who are like, yeah, you know, kind of like it was New York. And it, nope. You know, this is chronic hamstring injury for Kadarius Tony on both sides. Potentially a problem for him going forward. All, all right, right. So just take a big step back here, people, and realize that it's week 12 of the NFL season. And we just told you that the only lineup lock for the Los Angeles Rams is Tyler Higby. My, how the mighty have fallen. Seriously. And, and Daryl Henderson got waved. That's what I was just going to yeah, say. So the running backs, we don't like who's running back for the Rams. I mean, is it now Cam Akers, who was totally out of favor? Remember when we they weren't talking? Cam Akers was like gone. Yeah. He disappeared. Now he's the RB1. Yesterday, when that, when that Daryl Henderson news popped up, I thought I channeled my inner Brian Windhorse. And I was like, what's going on in LA? <laughs> That running back room has been bizarre it's all season. so weird. Cam Akers, who a month ago looked like he was going to be shipped no, to were, like the they, CFL. Won. It sounded like he was going to leave, and then all of a sudden he was back in okay graces, but not really playing. Yeah. Now he's... Yeah, he had 14 carries last week for 61 yards. Yeah. He was their highest scoring running back Williams? in fantasy last week. I didn't so. like that. Kyron Williams, what, yeah. what about, where does he fit in? So here's it? where I've netted out, is that we all know, and Schefter's been telling us about this for months, that the oh, Rams have time. viewed Kyron Williams as a player that could become their starting running back. Don't forget, this is important context, that the Rams, who had no draft picks this past year, or very few, used multiple picks to move up in the draft to go grab Kyron Williams, right? Mm -hmm. That's how much they viewed this player as a potential starting running back on their roster. Now, I think next year, if things are back in place, Cooper Cup's healthy and Matthew Stafford is good and all, like all those things that you would expect to happen are back in place, I think there's a chance that we kind of value Kyron Williams as a potential breakthrough player next season. But I just don't know if any running back right now is, has any chance of going anywhere with the Rams. They're second in the NFL in rushing yards, excuse me, second fewest rushing yards per game behind or ahead of only the Buccaneers who we talked about earlier on in the show. The offensive line has dealt with 
innumerable injuries so far this season. They can't block anybody. Nope. And if you have Bryce Perkins as a starting quarterback and you are the Kansas Ooh. City Chiefs, yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, then your your strategy is fine. You want to beat us? Go ahead. Yep. Beat us throwing the ball. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at with the, with the I, I have both of these running backs ranked outside my top 40 this week. I don't feel good about anybody in this offense. Tyler hit me because he plays tight end, but I don't feel great about them. I just the Rams have already traded away their first round pick. It's a sunk cost. It's not like they need to like they seem to be a team that very soon could be turned to the page 2023. Yep. And if that means playing young guys, moving on from players yeah. that perhaps are disgruntled like Daryl Henderson, who took the Twitter and basically expressed enthusiasm about losing his job yesterday. Maybe that's a sign of where things are headed right now. So I feel very, very, very queasy about starting any Rams player other than Tyler Higby. I have Allen Robinson as wide receiver 36. The saving grace is probably that a, he is playing the most amongst all Rams wide receivers and B that the chiefs, because they are so often playing with such a gigantic lead do tend to let up a lot of passing yards. Garbage time is the only thing that I could be thinking of. From yep. that standpoint. All right. What about these running backs really quickly for the Chiefs? Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Jarek McKinnon. Obviously, watch Isaiah Pacheco get a ton of run. Dominate in the ground. Have 107 yards on the ground last week. But, Field, you've been talking about how Jarek McKinnon is the pass-catching guy. He just has more upside within this offense. This is a tough one because I feel like they're as close as they have been all season long for me this week. I think, I think what the reality is is that you can get 10 points out of one Chiefs running back per week. It's hard to know which 10 points it'll be or which running back it'll be to get you those 10 points. Which 10 points. But I wouldn't expect much more than 10 or so points. Yep. Pacheco has this day that is being lauded fairly as this great performance against the Chargers on Sunday night. It was a great NFL performance, less fantasy performance. 10.7 fantasy points. One target in his past four games. Clyde Edwards-Dealer, I expect to be out on Sunday because of an ankle sprain. Mm -hmm. So that does narrow things down a little bit. But Ronald Jones could be activated. Yeah, they could sign Melvin Gordon and, and play wasn't on stealing Sunday. that much from anybody anyway. Yeah, so. but just one less back to worry about. Yeah. And it could be that Ronald Jones comes in and he runs hard for a couple plays and you're like, oh, maybe he'll get some work. So um, the, the best ball leagues that I all did of them in outside. May really hopes that <laughs> Ronald Jones gets some work here soon. Uh, all of those running backs are outside my top 30. Not as bad as the Rams running backs, no, but, but uh, outside the I just think there's a ton of upside there in this uh, just throw the ball offense. a lot, Kansas City. Yeah, you know what? Travis Kelsey matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. He's pretty good. All right, we got a couple more games, but first, Stefania. Nope, me first. Field. First field. First Sorry me. Kick off your investing journey by exploring exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds, known as ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade, helping you avoid putting all your hopes on a single draft pick. At GlobalX, we specialize in ETFs to track emerging technologies like the rise of electric vehicles and strategies designed to generate income. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover more. College football season is heating up and Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fansville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind year of flexing your foam finger, humming your school's fight song in your sleep, and thriving on a steady diet of buffalo chicken tip and post-game day commentary. All washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course. Another Saturday is always just around the corner, so make sure your tailgate doesn't turn into a failgate and pick up a case of ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. She's not a cold, she's your favorite gal, she's the fun you pay. I actually really wanted Dr. Pepper right now. 
Dude, yeah, so that'd be good. great, wouldn't it? That'd I don't great. know why. So it's not even lunchtime, but that actually sounds really good. It sounds really good. You know good. what? It actually is lunchtime in my book. Like, since I became a dad, 10 a.m. Is, is lunchtime. Is lunchtime. <laughs> I swear, like, when I'm home, I'm out of the office, like, 10 a.m., and I'm just like, can I don't, I get a, can, I don't can, eat my first meal until around 1 or 2. Whoa! I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. I, yeah. I, just, I eat my I first don't. meal at, like, 5.30. That's crazy. <laughs> in the morning. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. In my last meal, usually around five thirty at night too. <laughs> you are, you are old man field. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's talk about. Oh, Stefania, you're definitely invested in this one. Saints at 49ers lineup blocks for this uh, game include no, Alvin I'll Kamara. Let you guys talk about my 49ers. I don't want to brag. Okay, all right. Hang out while you guys do this. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle noticeably missing from that field. Yates, Brandon Ayuk who has been a top 20 wide receiver in four of the last five weeks, but there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. And since that CMC trade, I think we've seen a lot of targets get divvied up there. It's a really tricky one because on the one hand, in the four games since Christian McCaffrey was traded to the, to the 49ers, he actually leads the team in catches, that's targets, good. and good. receiving yards. Yep. And receiving touchdowns, by the way. All that's really good. On the other hand, on Monday night, he had just two targets. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of waiting. It's weighing the recency bias. Uh, against those four games, wondering if four games is enough of a sample size and just trying to use logic here, right? Is that Ayuk's awesome. Who's more awesome though? Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. And I say that with all the praise in the world for Brandon Ayuk. It's just like you expect that the hierarchy is going to be one, Christian McCaffrey because he plays running back and they get lots of touches as it were. Two, Debo Samuel because he is one of the best players period in the NFL three Brandon because he's a really talented guy but just not quite at that next level that's the reason why you have him a little bit lower still a very strong option I am not going to bat an eyelash at anybody that starts Brandon Ayuk on Sunday I just think that it's possible that that number that was at like seven targets per game maybe it drops to four or five I think there's going to be a little bit of a regression because we watched we watched him and Jimmy G just have this chemistry with each other right but it takes a little bit of time. You add a new guy like CMC to the offense. People are starting to get healthy. They're at a spot where like now they're, they're starting to f- flow yeah. and it's not just him throwing the ball to Brandon. Ayuk. there's enough that they'll be able to get some things used to. So I think there's, we're going to see a little bit of a regression from Brandon. Ayuk. he's still going to be used in this offense, but not, he's not going to be the top 20 guy that you have seen in four of the last five weeks going forward. Yeah. I, I also think that the touchdown, that's just a lot of touchdowns, yeah, five touchdowns, touchdowns in five games. That's hard. Uh, you All know. that though, Stefania is not because Brandon Ayuk is bad. It's because the rest of the 49ers are so good. They got so many other options. I know. Okay. All right. I just I want know. to make sure. I also I just, think, I do think uh, the only thing I would say to that, I agree in general with what you're saying because Christian McCaffrey cuts into Brandon Ayuk, but I also think, just watching Kyle Shanahan as closely as I have over the last few years is he changes up the game script a lot depending on the matchup and who has a key role. So right. uh, we saw Christian McCaffrey go from high usage to low usage to high usage. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think with the wide receivers, like uh, you're right, you're totally right that it's hard to get inside the brain of Kyle Shanahan as best we can. Though we think that Debo is the one that must be ranked as a must start. Ayuk yep. a little bit lower on the pecking order. Totally agree with and that. And I, I just, I'll say it. I think Jimmy G's a sneaky value this week. He's playing really good ball of late. They had the one game against the Chargers. The doubt, like, as as, as I, I think I mentioned this already on the show, Brandon Staley said, and you don't often hear coaches say this, like, he said, that was the best game plan I've ever put together. Wow. As a defensive play caller. They had a really, really, really smart game plan. I'm not sure teams can replicate that, both in terms of the game plan itself and some of the pieces that the Chargers still have. 
Jimmy G facing the New Orleans Saints defense. They could be without Cam Jordan, could be without Marshawn Lattimore, could be without Pete Werner, who's been an awesome, awesome player for them this season. Wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy G, I have him as my quarterback 13, has another nice day. 16 or more fantasy points since week five. Every single game since week five. The thing about Jimmy G is that consistency that he brings you, but last week gave you some of that upside with all the weapons that he has in this offense. So you could certainly do worse as a streamer option here. They're this a nightmare. Week. They're a nightmare. And I, I'm not trying to like get Stephon Soaps up. I just. No, I'm with you. If I were to take a, like a really long, hard look at the NFC right now, they definitely have the look of a team that'll be playing deep into January and maybe even into mid February. Really quick on this, Jawan Johnson. Just scores nothing but touchdowns at the tight end position, and that makes it tough, right? Does it does? And you know, there are obviously guys that have been banged up. Mike Mike Thomas is out for the season, and Jarvis Landry has been back, but not exactly a difference maker for the Saints. Um, how lucky do you feel? Yeah, yet to have more than five catches in a game, under five targets in three of his past four. He literally just keeps catching touchdowns, and it's you it's tough a to count on that. League, there's some value there. Totally, right? Absolutely. Because that's how you're getting those. That's how you're getting those points. Yep. All right, this next one, Packers at Eagles. Yeah. Lineup blocks include Aaron Jones, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. Seems pretty fair across the board. Aaron Rodgers, nowhere near a lineup lock for us. Field Jace, are you uh, taking on these Philadelphia Eagles? I'm staying as far away from Aaron Rodgers as I possibly can, and of course that means he's going to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns, but like I can't I start doubts. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I have my doubts here. So on the good side for Aaron Rodgers, he has back-to-back games with 19 or more fantasy points. On the bad side... There is not a single team that allows fewer fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks than the Eagles. The strength of their team, and it's a very, 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 very good team, is their secondary. They have playmakers at both cornerback and safety. If you have the opportunity to avoid, this would be the week to avoid Aaron Rodgers, despite his recent surge. He has quarterback 19 for me. So, yes, I am down on Aaron Rodgers this week. All right, let's talk about these two wide receivers then, because over the last two weeks, Stefania Bell, we've watched this rookie, Christian Watson, become the wide receiver two over the last two weeks, only behind Devontae Adams. He's it. But are you trusting him more than you would be trusting Alan Lazard? Or do you feel like, hey, these were two great weeks because they were able to take advantage of some matchups and some things went right? Are you trusting this long-term, like going forward, like he's a flex play for you? He's someone that you're trusting here this week against Philadelphia. I'm going with the recency bias. I just think Aaron Rodgers is kind of fickle in terms of who he trusts. And he's got something good going with Christian Watson right now. Christian Watson, who is touted to be potentially a breakout wide receiver. There's reason they went after him, but he was hurt. And the OTAs had the knee surgery, then a hamstring injury, could never get healthy. And Aaron Rodgers sort of referenced it just a couple weeks ago, saying basically – Guys, things that they thought they were going to get out of guys, they're now just starting to get out of them, and it's paying off. And you trust him. What about, I mean, how does that work with Alan Lazard then, Field? I have Alan Lazard ranked a few spots higher than Christian Watson. Uh, again, to reiterate, a tough matchup. So neither one of these guys is considered a lineup lock if for that reason. If we had a wide receiver cornerback matchup article already, it, the Mike Packers would be telling would be us all it. about how it would be a really tough yes. sled this week for yep. the Packers. But um, no question, Stefania is accurate. You would think Aaron Rodgers would be saying, What's the one thing that's worked for us this year in the passing game? The yep. guy who has five touchdowns over the past two weeks. Uh, Alan Lazard has run 10 more routes than Christian Watson over the past two games. So Lazard's still the busiest Packers wide receiver. And while we've been talking about the brilliance of Christian Watson finding the end zone the past couple of games, that's like all Alan Lazard typically does, right? He's a great touchdown making tight uh, wide receiver himself. So I've got him at wide receiver 26. I have Watson as wide receiver 30, a little bit ahead of our ESPN consensus this week. And I try to rank in part, you know, I I try to do things independent of like 
momentum and how I would feel if it were the player that I were ranking and also completely dependent upon those two things. I know that's uh-huh. a very contradictory no, I, thing I to say, um, but like if I have Christian Watson and he's been this great over the past two weeks, you're really telling me that I'm just going to straight up bench the guy. Yeah. I don't think many people will be even in a very, very tough matchup. I have him probably a little too low right now. I have him as wide receiver 36. There is a little bit of that fear that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back down to earth. They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. All these, there, there are a lot yeah. of factors. He right? also, he's, he's not going to score two touchdowns every week. Right. And he had four catches in each of the past two games. But if he becomes this upside play, like we thought at the beginning of the season, where like, hey, he could break any one of these plays that any, any one of these Aaron Rodgers passes for a touchdown. Sure. All of a sudden it becomes someone you at least have to think about. All right. What about the rest of this uh, this Philadelphia Eagles team? Miles Sanders, you're looking at. No, I don't think we're Miles Sanders. I think I would be looking to start at running back. He would be a low end RB two or a high end flex play for me. And I don't think I would look really anywhere else. No tight ends. Nothing like you know. Yeah, Miles Sanders still on the radar. I I made the comparison. Mike didn't totally buy it. I made the comparison recently between Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary, like guys that you kind that of still good feel obligated to start yeah. because the usage is pretty good. Mike's an idiot. He's not elite. Yeah, duh. What um, <laughs> not much. Um, but Miles Sanders has <laughs> one catch over the past two weeks. One. So not a factor in the passing game nearly consistently enough. And as we know, as has been the problem for him throughout his career, does not find the end zone a ton. So this is not uh, you know, Nick Chubb, or, or obviously those are like the extremes, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry who get little passing game utilization. A little but bit find of Damian the end Pierce though, right? Is that fair? Damian Pierce, but just not the new of the runner, right? right? So it's like, what do you, and it's a tricky one here. So um, I've got him as RB21 this week. I'm with you on that one. All right, let's talk one more game here. Monday night football Steelers at the Colts. That music always gets me pumped up. Let's talk about the, I feel like lineup locks, Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman. Those two are obvious. You look at the rest of these. Welcome back, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he looks great. Great. Looked great. It's just so nice to see him running the way we know he can run. Number one, he's healthy. Number two, obviously, their offense looks a little bit different now last couple of weeks. I think this offense, I mean, Paris Campbell has come on in a big way, and we have talked about yep. that. He continues yep. to look really good in this offense. We, I was hoping that Alec Pierce, the rookie that we had talked about early on in the season, was going to come on. But with Matt Ryan under center, Paris Campbell staying healthy looks like a wide receiver that you can trust in your flex, uh, in your flex position going forward here, I feel like. I've got him as wide receiver 38. Uh, the Matt Ryan connections real over 11.7 fantasy points in the four starts that Matt Ryan has most recently made 18.5 fantasy points per game in those games. That's good. That's ridiculous for Paris Campbell. Um, Staying they're healthy. playing at this time of the year. We're more mindful of, of weather than ever. They're playing in Indianapolis. So obviously no concerns about the weather there. And then, the Steelers allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers That's in the league. Crazy. So it's a good matchup here. So un-Steeler-like. Um, yeah. Um, I would make the case, though, that Najee Harris belongs in the lineup block category. And here's the reason why. After last week's game? Yeah, and perhaps really more importantly, Jalen Warren is iffy to play on yeah. Monday night. Mike Tomlin said that yesterday he had been stealing like enough of Najee Harris's opportunities to be a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. But last week, Najee Harris handled every running back carry for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had four catches as well. Benny Snell be the next man up. I would think he played a little bit last week, but did not get any opportunities. So I think Najee, uh, I have him as RB 22, but pretty close to a lineup lock, even if there are all 16 teams playing this week. 
there was a Steelers wide receiver that you were choosing here, Stefania, George Pickens has looked fantastic, but Deontay Johnson is still like it's a still, stud. It's still got to be Deontay Johnson for me if he could just get in the end zone. Yeah, right. <laughs> I flipped it. Yeah, I flipped it. Um, I mean, I it's flipped- hard. George Pickens seems to be the preferred guy for Kenny Pickett right now. Yeah, so I flipped it. Uh, since the Chase Claypool trade, it's a very small sample size, but two games, they've run the exact same number of routes, 75 each over those two games. Uh, Pickens, though, has just been so much more productive, it's and explosive. Pickens has better big play upside. Mm-hmm. He has better touchdown upside because Deontay hasn't scored one this season. Yep. Um, it could have been a better day for for George Pickens. The weird part about George Pickens is that he makes the hardest catches in the world and then drops the easy ones. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a lack of concentration or what, but he had a near massive big play last week that just went right through the wicket, so to speak. Mm. There seems to be a bit more of a connection between he and Kenny Pickett. Tough sledding right now for Deontay Johnson. So I have Pickens ranked wide receiver 39 on my board this week. Deontay Johnson further down. As we always tell you guys, though, very bad matchup. While the Steelers allow the most wide receiver fantasy points per game, the Colts allow the least, the fewest. (laughs) Fewest fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. We saw it last week with A.J. Brown yep. to a degree, Devontae Smith. Yep. Uh, the Eagles had a tough offensive day until Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts put him back on his shoulders as he has been doing throughout this season. So uh, I would prefer not to start a, P- a Steelers wide receiver, but I, I do have Pickens it. ahead on my board right now. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I also would say that Pat Fryermuth is someone that I'm starting at the tight end position. Probably a lineup block a for me block? at the tight end. Okay, that was a, that was my bad for not saying that. He is unquestionably a lineup line block at the Pat tight end position. He's been he's awesome. Been. He has yeah. been, I think right now, if I were to pick my tight ends for the rest of the year, we know number one, Travis Kelsey, number two, Mark Andrews. I think Pat Fryermuth might be number three. Wow. Wow. Rest of the season. Over George Kittle. Maybe. I think, Kittle's, I mean, an amazing talent and much better after the catch and has so much more big play I upside. I just feel it like just, the, with the offense picking up, it, the doors opened a little bit more for George Kittle. I have some I think I, opportunities. I like Dalton Schultz more than I like George Kittle. Maybe. It's close. I mean, yeah. I think that what you're getting from Pat Fryermuth is that the volume is going to be steady every Huge. single week. Yeah. yeah, Kittle, because he's so good in so many ways right. and because they have 9,000 good players, down. he could have a four-target game and you'd be like, no, oh, okay. They won by 27 points and he had four targets. That makes sense. Yeah, it sucks you know? he's so good at blocking and stuff. <laughs> like if he he's just good. so good. Right? So good in every way. That's, that's yep. the problem. Yeah. He's just too good at everything. Yeah. He's too good at everything. All right. He's too good at life. That's going to do it for us for today and for this week. Yeah. We're going to have a CSS DFS podcast coming Let's in go. a little bit later. We're, uh, yeah. Al... Mike and I are going to record over Zoom because wow, we just Al's want to find Al's still going to work. Al's still going to yeah, work in spite of that $10,000 paycheck that he just got. Yes. You owe me. It's going to be it's going to be a great week. Make sure that you have a ton of fun. Please have patience with your families. Let's acknowledge that sometimes Thanksgiving can be tough, and we understand that, but we love each other. We hope that you guys also love each other. Don't forget to be kind to yourself and to those that you are with this week. We love you guys. We will not see you for the rest of this week, but we will see you on Fantasy Football now yeah, at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. ESPN2. ESPN yep, we're back yep. on the deuce. Done. Yep. We'll talk to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy see you guys. Am I still invited to your house this weekend, Stefania? Of course. Okay, good. Just hop a plane. Oh, hop a oh, plane. Which, oh, oh, it's the, oh, it's the third Al house. can loan me his. That's what it is. <laughs>
Yeah. 